0: Welcome to American Issues Take Two. I'm Tim Apicella, filling in for Jay Fidel, and uh, today's topic, today's title is War Crimes Warrant for Putin, ICC's Move. Uh, A lot of people don't know what the ICC stands for. It stands for the International Criminal Court. And what the uh, ICC has done recently is put an arrest warrant out for Vladimir Putin for war crimes and specifically what war crimes would that be uh, in this particular case it would be the abduction and deportation of children and so to discuss this topic uh, i will go to our guests i'd like to welcome our special esteemed guests Manfred henningson professor emeritus of university of hawaii manoa and our co-host filling in for tim Apicella, who's now playing the part of host, Stephanie Stahl-Dalton. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, Manfred, to you, how important is it? Is it that the ICC actually issued a, an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin? And is it symbolic, or is there some real weight behind it?
1: Well, it's both. But I think the weight is behind the symbolic. Uh, I think... Uh, the icc has uh, done a tremendous job in other cases and there were trials there were trials before the icc you know connected with uh, with yugoslav the wars in yugoslavia and then in rwanda uh, so but in this case <clears throat> it's a message i think that is very very important even if nothing may come of it for the rest of the year or for some time. But uh, Putin himself is now restricted in his travel patterns, at least to some extent. Um, So for that reason, I think the message is uh, more important than the possibility that they really get him. Was... The ICC
0: responsible for um, Milosevic uh, capture, yes. or is that was that a different
1: no No, no, those were the Yugoslav uh, trials, and the same with the R- Rwanda. I mean, you mm-hmm. see, the ICC is a very interesting creature, um, and you have to remember, whatever the celebrations you have in the United States, the United States is not part of it. Uh, you know, when the ICC was uh, accepted. Uh, by the United Nations. Uh, The United States belonged to seven countries that did not sign on to it. China was another one, Iraq, Yemen, Qatar. Uh, So what you... America, in a way, you could say has a bad conscience. It's the same with, remember, the the Genocide Convention, uh, which was passed in... 1948 and it took the U.S. 40 years until the reagan strangely enough the reagan administration uh, in the 1980s pa- signed onto the the genocide convention so the united states uh you know cannot be proud of its behavior in 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 in, in that regard yeah let me follow up on that point i mean Does it strike you as odd
0: that the United States could not or would not be a signatory to the ICC, yet Russia did in 2000 and uh, withdrew, or it never ratified it, but then withdrew in 2016? At least they they signed on. Does that strike you as odd?
1: Well, yes, but remember... There's a history uh, behind all of that. I remember once uh, giving a talk to American officers on on Holocaust Remembrance Day in a bunker in Konea. You know, you have these really incredible bunker systems that were built during World War II, and they are occupied by all kinds of intelligence uh, agencies. And so there were maybe 40 officers who wanted me to talk about uh, the Holocaust and uh, other genocides. And I said to them right at the beginning, you know, you are responsible. You officers are responsible for the United States not having signed, for example, the genocide convention in '48, and have not signed on to the ICC. And they asked me, what do you mean? I said, well, there are people in the Senate who think that you are capable of committing war crimes. uh, And that's why they refuse to sign on to the ICC. And these officers were really angry, not at me, (laughs) but at at the Senate. But, uh, you know, it's uh, quite remarkable. The ICC should have come in, in business. After Nuremberg and Tokyo, you know, in in uh, Nuremberg ended in forty six, Tokyo ended in the International Tribunal ended it in fourteen eight forty eight, and there were discussions about having a permanent uh, international criminal court. But uh, the uh, well, it was the beginning also of the Cold War, but I mean the the U S especially was against it because. Southern senators were afraid that black and Native American organizations would use not only the convention, but uh, the institutional apparatus that could have come into place in order to uh, launch uh, reparation uh, charges against the United States government. That's the background. And in a way you could say, this background is still in place when it comes to the American, the, the lack of the American support of the ICC.
0: Well, and, and, and thank you very much for bringing that history to the forefront. Because, Stephanie, um, when this announcement was made, I mean, automatically the, the flag of hypocrisy kind of was set up the, the, the flagpole. And that is, you know, what about the invasion of Iraq? and some of the atrocities that did happen in Iraq and Afghanistan, and to what degree was Abu Ghraib a part of, part of the, this, these allegations, and the hypocrisy that the United States stands for you know, uh, Ukraine and, and, and stands against the war crimes committed by Russia and Putin, yet here we are um, with our own kind of stain behind us. Um, is, are, those, are those allegations of, of, of hypocrisy, are they valid in your opinion?
2: Well, I appreciate all that information, uh, Manfred. So interesting. And I think that we're we're shading our our actions in the past. Somehow we get stuck in um, this angelic view of ourselves. Well, while, while we we really, especially um the Iraq war has been on the on the media quite a bit lately. Um, and the the issues abided there and that the mistakes that were made. So, I mean, for me, it's been a little bit of a turmoil hearing about all of this because um, it directly relates to the Ukraine situation and Russia's invasion. So that's a really interesting question, Tim. That's a really
0: tough. Well, it's a hard question to ask because no one likes to bring that up. And, and in fact, I'll go a little bit further here, and again, i don't I don't take any pleasure bringing this up, but you know we had Jeff Sessions, our Attorney General, who cited Romans thirteen uh, when <clears throat> uh, legal asylum seekers from Mexico were entering into the United States, and their children were snatched away from them and put in basically cages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to cite the Bible, but it's another thing to actually do that which is reprehensible. Um, where do we go from here as far as trying to support uh, the ICC, Ukraine, and be a cheerleader against war crimes? Yet at the same time, we're not a signatory to the ICC, and we've got a checkered past.
2: Well, I think we have the long shadow from our historical moves. I mean, we've we've cited problems in the past, right? I mean, um, Hawaii being taken over by America, et cetera. I mean, and even up to lately, I mean, those, the shadows are on us still from all of these moves in the past and certainly more recently, you know, in this century. So um, what does that do for us? I I, I mean, it's kind of a wake up call if we can have it um, that our, 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 our fractured, fractured government situation has led to focus on really less important items than what we we really need to be dealing with as a nation. I'm sure you all will agree. We we have to pull ourselves back into these international conversations and, and defending our decisions or rationalizing them for others to understand why the those, as as you say, Manford, that that kind of indefensible uh justification for not uh you know, joining the ICC to begin with. So these are worrisome, worrisome issues. So,
0: did that help Putin basically flaunt the arrest warrant when he went to Ukraine here recently and went to um, Maripol and uh, made sure that it was being videoed as he was driving into the town?
2: I'm sure. I don't,
1: I don't think so. I, I mean, look, uh, Putin's image has become soiled. And I think he cannot take that dirt off uh, in the way he thinks he can do that in uh, Russia itself. So for that reason, I think whatever you may think of the move of the ICC, I think it was uh, surprising that they did it. I s- totally support it. Uh, now, nothing will come of it. There will be no arrests, even though you know there are always possibilities later on. But I think the same thing you couldn't, one could say about the United States attitude toward the ICC. I do not think there's any chance that uh, at this point the United States will become uh, a signatory party part of uh, the ICC. It's sad. Uh, So, in that sense, you know, you could say, uh there is not only hypocrisy, but this is really uh, a thing that stains the reputation of the United States. Mm-hmm. I agree. But you have to, I mean, look, you have to, I have been dealing with that for some time. You have to remember uh, that when the allies of World War II uh, were considering uh, trials against uh the Germans and the Japanese. Uh, there were negotiations taking place um, in June of 1945 in London, and the American chief uh, prosecutor for Nuremberg, Robert Jackson, he was a Supreme Court judge, uh, urged, of you know somehow made it clear to the other partners. He had the the Soviet uh, prosecutor, the British and the French uh, in the room, and he told them they should not include genocide in in the indictment because if they do that, the German defense team will use that against us for all the kind of ethnic problems that we have in our own societies or because of colonialism, the violence, you know, in the colonial empires. But I think one of the major reasons for Jackson not wanting to have genocide in the indictment, he wanted to protect the, the Soviets because, you know, in after forty-five, the news about the Gulag system became so uh, prominent that he felt the German defense would use that against. Uh, the indictment as well. So that's why you do not have genocide, including, I mean, especially meaning the Holocaust, including in the indictment in Nuremberg. That, well, that comes in 1948. So do you think the ICC uh,
0: did this without consulting the United States? Yes. Uh, did we? So was the United States and the Biden administration caught flat-footed with this, uh, this, this arrest warrant for
1: Putin? I don't know whether they were uh, be, whether they were uh, yeah. surprised by it, uh, but I do not think they have anything. Well, I at least haven't heard about that that they had any influence in making this decision. Um, so well, president, side, Biden said, um,
0: president Biden said, "President Biden said it was quote as justified," and, it had, and and the ICC had a very strong point. That's a direct quote from our president. Yeah, um,
1: but I mean, look, if the American president, who knows his country has not signed on to it for political and ideological and all kinds of other reasons, makes the statement that's very nice, but, I mean, nothing follows off that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, uh, uh, it uh, I mean, it's a kind of window dressing. When, well, when, that
0: kind of goes to the first part of the question was, you know, to what degree is this
1: symbolic, or or have some real gravitas behind it? And well, I think that I, I like your answer. So, in that sense, you know, I will not dismiss the importance of uh, the the symbolic impact. Having, I mean, this is the first uh, indictment by the ICC of leading. Politician, you know, of one of the major powers in the world. I, I for that reason, I think uh, whatever the United, whatever critical comments you can make about the attitude of the United States in general, uh, but I think it's a very, very important sign.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, uh, Stephanie. Do you think the United States plays a greater role as far as I don't know intelligence uh, for? If if Putin flaunts this this arrest warrant and decides to travel internationally, is is there the possibility that Vladimir Putin could actually be captured, like um, Milosevich was back in the day in 1999? He was actually captured. Do you think that's a possibility uh, that could occur with Vladimir Putin? Well, I have... and would the United States have any hand in it if uh, if we were given the opportunity?
2: Oh, and if we were called upon and asked to help, I would hope that we're in position and have the status that some of these other countries who are in that organization who will make a serious effort to get him if they can, um, that and if they wanted help, that that our administration then would provide that help. But
0: um, what international consequences would there be if Vladimir Putin was captured and hauled off to The Hague?
2: Well, it's about whether he has standing back in Russia, if he's got support back in Russia that, that would reach out to to speak to that, or would they celebrate? I mean, I think that would be very interesting. And these countries, and Manfred probably knows all of the countries in the ICC, are any of them capable of stepping up to this kind of seal? Well, look
0: at Israel and the Mossad. I mean, my gosh, they're one yeah. of the premier intelligence organizations <laughs> in the world yet they're not a signatory to the ICC, uh, and they don't recognize its authority. But would they like
1: to see Vladimir Putin put away? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. I mean, Netanyahu's uh, strange behavior and this uh, autocratic authoritarian regime that you have now in Israel, uh, I think uh, is not a good sign. Uh, I do not think uh, Mossad, whatever... Capabilities, you know, they have, and I'm sure you watch Fauda uh, on Netflix. Uh, you know this incredible story where you have both sides, you know, looking somewhat similar. Uh, I do not think they will do that. Now, I think what we have, to, this indictment, may become important if Putin should begin to lose power in Russia, and if his position weakens there. And there's no, uh, there is no there uh, is no way of predicting how long this guy will stay in power. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he has all kinds of problems uh, in his in his country. It would be wonderful if Navalny, you know, would not be in prison. But if he would have stayed uh, in Berlin uh, and not gone back to to Russia, but he is in prison, uh, and he may die. Uh, what his death will do, I don't know. But I mean, Putin's situation in Russia is not as safe as and and, and secure as people think it is. So for that—that's well, true. We don't really know what's going on, do we? Right, but for that reason, I think this indictment is very important. It uh, it shows the power elites in in Russia and the military elites, how isolated um, Russia has become. And uh, the image uh, in a lot, in in, in parts of the world, not all, not everywhere. I mean, there are countries where uh, his image has not changed. On the contrary, you know, there are countries where He has uh, regained in authority as a result of his crazy behavior in uh, the Ukraine. But I think overall, the indictment is not only an empty uh, symbolic gesture. It is a very important gesture, and it becomes reality once he is beginning to lose or has already lost his power, because then they can move in. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you both a, the same question,
0: and, and Manfred, I'll go with you first on this. How does the world or how does China or how does the United States negotiate a peace plan in Ukraine when you're sitting across the table from someone who has an international ICC criminal arrest warrant for them? How, how do you negotiate
1: that peace treaty sitting across the table? Well, look, I do not think that the, the United States will be uh, moving in in the direction of taking charge of. I, any- I grant that. Yeah, you're right. They will. So won't. for that reason, I mean, they cannot do that. They, they would uh, simply undermine their own. We'll decisions. probably see Turkey have a bigger hand in that. You're right. Well, I hope. After Erdogan loses the election in May, uh, which is still not c- clear, clear yeah. that he will, but I hope that the earthquake uh, really shattered his uh, political uh, standing. Uh, but uh, you know, at this point, you cannot talk about peace negotiations uh, as long as the Ukrainians the Ukrainians uh, refuse to even consider that. Yeah. Good point, Stephanie. Uh, Same question
0: to you. I mean, granted, I don't know who the player is to bring Russia and Ukraine to the table. I don't have that crystal ball in front of me. But how is it that you you do negotiate eventually, I think, uh, a settlement to hostilities and this war, uh, this war of war crimes with the guy who's got an arrest warrant out for him for, for war crimes?
2: Well, I think that uh, it's an interesting question, because uh, one of, I believe, what's shown through the Putin-China visit, Mm -hmm. um, is that Putin understands this dynamic, and he understands how he must have status. And he must keep his status for internal reasons and internationally. So he he meets with uh, China's leader so there these two um uh, auto- autocracies are us uh, pairing up as they're on the world stage giving more status to put putin who's who has nothing much to compare with even what china has but china has its issues and has its dependencies you know on what it is that that putin does um so that, and they have, you know, many historical differences um, that, that can get in the way of their relation. But the important thing is he's making this impression um, and putting putting Russia in this parody scene with China. And uh, they well, do. have some, Yeah.
0: Really good point. And that was going to be part of the, our discussion today, it, uh, although it wasn't on the title. And that is the China visit to Vladimir Putin. And and I don't know what you thought of it or the, you know, by appearance sake, but it looked like China was, you know, the lead dog in this race and that uh, Putin kind of looked like the lapdog of this race and uh, the importance of China to come to Russia. And obviously Russia had their, their hat in their hand looking for support. Now, to what degree he, uh, Putin gets that from China is a, a whole other story. But what was your impression of the visuals that we saw? Of them sitting together and and some of the proclamations that were made and some of the um, I, I think there are minimal agreements or partnership agreements that were signed and executed, but what was your impression, Stephanie?
2: Well, I think my impression is that Putin's trying to show his strength. He's trying to show he's did it work a player, okay? And because certainly China needs the oil from Russia, but China doesn't want to be dependent. On that Russian oil, but they they all have a stake in getting some railroad uh, con- connections built, so uh, P- so Putin's picking up his pieces of marbles that he still has, you know, to work with and doing very well in playing uh, with this superpower and yeah. uh, casting himself in the the role of the other superpower. And so, so was, was he, us,
0: really? in your opinion, was he successful in that portrayal of his power?
2: Well, I'm thinking he might be because right now okay. it might be the All right. right
0: yeah Uh Mattford to you the same question what what was your impression of that visit and what did you see or didn't see that um was favorable for uh, Vladimir
1: putin? look uh, Xi Jinping has to be very careful uh, how close he gets to Putin because uh, even though he likes the oil and gas from Russia, but he's not dependent on it. You know, it, that he likes it now because it's cheap. He can get it cheaper than he could get anything before. Uh, so he is not dependent on Putin and Russia. He has to be careful uh, because the Chinese economy is not in good shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, the major uh, trading partners uh, with China uh, are European, especially Germany. And uh, so for that reason, he cannot go uh, all the way uh, in completely uh, supporting uh, Putin, sending weapons. Uh, He has to be, uh, you know... (laughs) He has to be careful because China is not as secure economically and uh, in other respects as it was before. So for that reason, I think the appearance of closeness between Putin and uh, Xi Jinping was symbolically important for maybe both societies. Uh, The Russians feel happy there is a big brother, you know, who will come to our help and the chinese will say look uh, we are not dependent only on these crazy westerners americans and europeans uh, we have there this big brother uh, called uh, rush but i think uh, it is we are in the realm of symbolics there
0: mm-hmm. well all the way around as with the, yeah. the, you know the discussion of the icc mm-hmm. symbolic uh, arrest warrant so but let I, me ask I think the but what, i think they, the tippy they, point Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. What do you? Well, I've got a lot of caffeine on board. Sorry. What What do you think or estimate the tipping point is, where China could potentially alienate its relationship, its trading partner with Germany and the e, EU? What action or actions would participant persi- uh, create uh, a, a conflict and a retraction of trade, uh, trading partnerships?
1: Well, I do not think uh, we are talking about uh, cancellation uh, of that relationship at this point. Uh, And you have to also remember that uh, Germany is, uh, even though it finds itself in a very interesting uh, situation of being internally troubled i mean like france and great britain and italy uh, politically it's more stable than all of the other major european countries but uh, you know germany's car industry is so dependent on the chinese market hmm. that the germans will be very careful you know how far they go in 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 criticizing um uh, uh, xi jinping i mean scholz uh, has good relations, it seems, with him. But how far that will go, I don't know. Uh, so, in that in that sense, mm. you know, we are not we are not at a point, you know, where you get the kind of cold war uh, situation between the EU and Germany and China.
0: Yeah. Well, isn't that one of the benefits of having a worldwide economy and, and international trading relationships that? you tend not to go to war or have uh you know kinetic conflicts with your trading partners.
2: Well, you know, I was I think that that's part of uh cheese or to China's uh leader's point that he's got markets all over the world. That and and and, and Russia to some extent. But but those 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 have propelled China in into this status of Primary, primary uh, nation um, in the world, and uh, what I see that they did was um, ideological um, message too. Is that here we can get together and do these things, even though we have these little bitty economies, nothing compared to the U.S., and um, and a whole bunch of problems, and and um, intransigence on major issues. But they're up there saying, "But we're we're too." autocracies that are humming and working and making decisions together and important in the world. So the question about, is that a triangulation that includes the U S or are they trying to pull out and be, we don't have to deal with these Western democracies with all of their baggage and luggage and difficulties Mm -hmm. because there's another way to do it. And we're showing you how. So
0: is this setting the stage for, Increase conflicts either militarily or or economically between well, the the western the western countries of the EU and the United States.
2: That's showing uh, to me it's suspicious in that manner, mm-hmm. and uh, I said railroads the other in the last comment, but it's it's pipeline. It's a huge pipeline that that China's working on with with Russia. That's got right. to there to take care of that oil issue, and even Manfred says, you know, China can't become dependent on them. But they could, but he's so he's walking a fine line. Yeah, it's
0: hard up. to say no to cheap oil.
2: Yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, so it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit frightening, I think. Uh, as as China's sitting there, also with the Taiwan m- mess, you know, about to explode if it is about to explode. So there's there's a lot. Um, uh, of, uh, you know, an unrealized agenda. The silent agenda is is heavy with those those two. But they're making... It's a
0: complicated um, environment, to say the least. Uh, We've run out of time. So, uh, Manfred, I'm going to go to you for your last thoughts to try to make sense of that which we're seeing on the, you know, in in TV news and with the ICC and this visit with China
1: to Russia. Look, I I think uh, the indictment of Putin, as I said, is very important in terms of its symbolism. And it will become, uh, I think, threatening to Putin, the weaker his position becomes within Russia itself. And you have also to realize that this war between Russia and Ukraine does a lot to uh, undermine the very close economic relationships that existed before not only between germany and russia but between other european countries and russia so what you have there is the uh, the end of this semi dependency of uh, germany and eu countries on uh, uh, Russia. You have to remember the Russian economy is an underdeveloped economy. It has not become better since uh, you know the collapse of the Soviet Union. It is still inf- inferior, much inferior to what you have in in, in China, for example. And uh, for that reason, you know, it's very interesting. People have not really talked about it that the war has led uh, to. An end of the dependency of Germany and other European countries on Russia's uh, energy deliveries, Uh, but that has nothing to do with the indictment. The indictment, I think, is a different um, story. It simply uh, contributes, you know, to the the uncertainty of Putin's. presence in uh, Russian politics itself.
0: All right. Well, thank you for those comments. Uh, Stephanie, you get the last word. Your thoughts and or uh, observations.
2: All right, thank you. Uh, I wanted to just pull on Manfred's thread that he mentioned earlier that had to do with Navalny. And Manfred has stated before that he's uh, not pleased that that Navalny chose to return to Russia and get himself incarcerated, because it certainly does put him in a more difficult situation when an opportunity might arise. And I feel like this might be a bit of an opportunity, this indictment, especially if if something is going on in the way of, you know, capturing the discontent and the willingness of um, the people of Russia to, to 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 take a on new leadership in a, in, a you know, using someone like Never, But I just wanted to point out that that was uh, a point mm-hmm. I was glad he made. And that's also in there because we do have the hero. You know, we have a rush of all that could step into doing what's happening in Ukraine. And with that leader who came up from um, popular. Um, mm-hmm. Good point. So, yeah, just,
0: You're right. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think we're all disappointed that uh... He's been captured and incarcerated and um, I agree with Manfred um, on a previous show that he could be doing so much more uh, mm-hmm. in in Europe or you know and speaking out mm-hmm. against Putin than he can from a gulag somewhere God knows where um, All right Is well it, we've run out of time so <laughs> so say thank you Stephanie. Uh, I'd like to thank um, our esteemed special guest, Manfred Hensing. And thank you for joining us. And Stephanie Stahl-Dalton, appreciate it very much for your comments. I'm Tim Apicella, filling in for Jay Fidel for American Issues, Take Two. Won't you please join us next week? And until then, aloha.